What are guests asking for today? And how might trends in guest satisfaction affect the way that you provide hospitality? Stick around to learn more because our guest today is the author of one of the most comprehensive studies done this year on this topic. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Andrea Stokes is the practice lead for hospitality at J.D. Power, and in this episode, you'll learn about her career journey in research and why this matters, how J.D. Power has evolved its research methodologies, and then what they learned in their recent study and its implications for you. The reason we wanted to connect is to talk through the results of the J.D. Power 2023 North America Hotel Guest Satisfaction Index Study. And maybe just to set the stage, I wonder if we could talk for a few moments about your own background, because you have focused on research and customer experience throughout your career. How did you get started in this? And take us through that journey of your career in this space. Sure. Thank you for having me. So I definitely have worked in consumer research for many, many years, starting out um, at a very small company in Minnesota, where I'm originally from, and started out really doing more um, CPG work. So for companies like Procter & Gamble and the Campbell Soup Company, um, really had a good experience in the industry. Market research is fascinating. I did not start out thinking this is, this would be my career. Of course, not many people do kind of start out thinking uh, their first job is their only job, but it was a great um, experience. And, and I was there for several years and I went to business school. And after I left business school, I did find uh, a great position at the U.S. Travel Association. So I had done some travel work uh, at my previous job, but when I joined the U.S. Travel Association as director of research, really, really got to learn the travel industry and the tourism industry in and out. Worked with airlines, uh, the, the big hospitality and hotel companies, tourism providers, destination marketing organizations. So it was a great role. I really learned a lot. I credit uh, everyone I worked with at the USTA at the time was sort of really giving me a love of the industry. And uh, after that, I, I went over to uh, a company called Cinevate, which was end up being purchased by Ipsos. But I was the, the vice president of the travel and leisure practice there for many, many years. And of course, working directly with companies across the travel industry, airlines, cruise lines, you know, hotel companies, et cetera, to help them understand the consumer, help them understand their target markets, help them um, not only, you know, improve their messaging and branding, but also improve the customer experience. So that's really where I started doing more in-depth customer experience work was at, was at Ipsos. So Then I went to Marriott. I was at Marriott in their insights department for several years and had a great experience there. And then I ended up at J.D. Power in 2019, you know, right before the pandemic hit. But it was still, you know, J.D. Power was very committed to the travel industry and had been working in the industry for many, many years. So 
Uh, they were committed. Uh, you know, the industry we know was decimated during the pandemic, but we continued to do the work at JD Power that we normally did. And we just wanted to serve the industry in the difficult times. So we were able to, I think, provide insights that everyone was looking for. Uh, during that time. But of course, travel is back and our clients and subscribers are very interested in what the guest, the hotel guest has to say, has to say in particular. Well, I want to get into that. I, I do want to ask though, I'm very curious, you've worked for these businesses and organizations that serve the industry at large, whether it's travel, whether it's hospitality. What was it like working within Marriott? I'm curious what kind of the differences were you, you found working within an organization, obviously with many brands uh, and a very large organization, but how did that feel? And what were the differences there versus working in your current role, for example? Yeah, well, it was it's a big company and I never really worked for you know such a big company and it was a great experience. We, the Insights Group, we covered all brands. We we were sort of an internal service organization. So if someone had a business question that they wanted answered, we we were the, the go-to team internally for any brands or the loyalty program team or uh, any other team really to could come to us and say, hey, I need some insights. I need, perhaps it was a survey or, you know, some other uh, maybe secondary research that we um, we needed to do in order to help answer, you know, business questions in the organization. So we had a, a great leader of our team and, uh, you know, she's still there, but we, we, it was a really great experience just to, to learn. And of course, I learned a lot about hospitality in the industry overall. I mean, that while I had worked for hospitality clients before. But, you know, of course, being in Marriott, you really learn a lot about um, the ins and outs of the industry, you know, the, the ins and outs of real estate, because in a sense, the hotel industry is about real estate. So it was good. It was a great, great experience. So I had a chance to come over to J.D. Power to lead the hospitality practice. So it was a it was a leadership role that I was really excited for. Um, and, uh, yeah, have, have been here ever since. You definitely see different things in-house, but there also yes. is a unique perspective you see when you're able to work across companies, right? And so I think there's benefits to both, but awesome to see you kind of in this role that you are now. Let's talk a little bit about the guest satisfaction index study. I want to get into the details of it, but at a very high level, why do you do this study? Sure. Well, this study has been in place for 27 years at JD Power. Not a lot of people know that. So I am certainly not the first to um, be at the helm of the hospitality work at JD Power. The study, of course, has had to adapt over time as the industry has changed, uh, as the consumer has changed, right, over time. So there, you know, there have been a lot of changes along the way. When I came in, the study had had just gone through a, a a big update. It was fairly, you know, new. I think there were a lot of new insights that the study was providing at the time. And again, every few years we do not only we in the travel practice at JD Power, but also other practices, we do have to update our studies every few years to keep up with the consumer, keep up with the market, keep up with the industry and stay relevant. So we just recently, in, for 2023, did another major update. Coming out of the pandemic, we thought it was a good time 
to, you know, look back at the last four years, we had a four year trend. We, you know, we were asking guests the same questions and the same survey for four years. So it was a good time to make, make some updates. So but I do want to get into the methodology there, but you mentioned earlier your clients are asking for this. And so my understanding is your clients are these brands, right? They want to know what is going on in the industry. Is that is that right? And they want to see how are we doing? How are we how are our others doing? Is that sort of the, that's the right. idea behind this? Yeah, that's right. We you know, the study, um, we we have a lot of benchmarks and we cover a lot of brands, right? And we cover all of the the segments from luxury on down to economy, right? And so our subscribers are the portfolios, the large portfolios and smaller hotel companies that we cover um, who want those benchmarks. They want to benchmark against their competitors in the segment, but also against, you know, what we say is the segment average, right? They want to make sure that at least they're sort of keeping up um, operationally with anything guest facing in the hotel that they're keeping up with their uh, competitors in the segment and also sort of uh, uh, of the average. So it's great because we have, you know, data over time. We know how the brands are performing generally over time, but there are changes, of course, every year. And brands really do look to the study to sort of say, hey, where can we improve? What can we, you know, if we aren't performing as well in this area, where, how can we improve? What impact will that have on our overall guest satisfaction? And so we provide a lot of that sort of deep dive information for each of the brands that subscribe to the study. So I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about the importance of benchmarking, because I've talked to some and, and they, they say, you know, hey, I, I want to start with a blank canvas. I don't. I want to ignore my 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 competitors, as it were, and um, I just want to create, right? And I want to imagine a good experience. You've seen this from many different angles, including in house at at Marriott. In your view, why sh- why does benchmarking matter? Why should why should hospitality providers think about this? Well, we at JD Power are about benchmarking, um, and we still feel it's important um, because you have to, you know, you as a company, you have to have a goal. You have to have some. You have to have some numbers right behind that goal to say, "Hey, here's where we are. Here's where we want to be. This is how we're going to get there." And we we feel like, at least for the hospitality industry, our study is a great way to do that and provide. A, a very high level view, but it's it's a view of your key competition in the industry or in your particular segment. And you can not only see your performance within our study, but the performance of other companies, right? And what they're doing well. Um, and, you know, obviously what you're doing well is important, but we do provide all of the data to our subscribers. So not only for their own brands, but for the entire, for the entire industry and all of the brands recover. So I think that's the, the value and where our subscribers are getting the value. Our study is very operational. So it, it does provide very, you know, hands on ways to, uh, improve your housekeeping or guest service. Maybe you need to do better at, at maintenance in within the hotel. So as I said, it's, it's sort of, you know, provides very operational metrics that that hotels can actually take away and say, yes, we can work on this tomorrow and try to improve. 
Right. So it gives uh, insights for action. A lot of people in the hospitality daily community work at brands, right? And many participants in, in the hospitality ecosystems are franchise organizations. You mentioned earlier that hospitality is in many respects of a real estate business. And so the objective of many of these organizations is to demonstrate to real estate owners and investors Here's what we can bring as a brand, as a you know set of experiences, as an operate or for management company selling their services. And I found often that's where benchmarking comes in is to tell that almost that sales story. Is that is that what you see among your clients as well? Yes, we we have a lot of conversations with development teams uh, who are you know trying to uh, you know help franchisees build hotels from the ground up or maybe convert hotels or just operate their hotels on a day-to-day basis, right? Uh, so our study does definitely provide a lot of information there, mainly, I think, around standards and the importance of standards um, in some segments, not, you know, obviously in segments like luxury, you have a lot of boutique um brands and lifestyle brands that maybe are not necessarily following standards as sort of a brand like a Hampton Inn would or, you know, a Courtyard would, for example. But it definitely presents an opportunity for brand teams to tell owners and operators, hey, we have this data. We we have standards. This, in a way, the JD Power study kind of provides us with a view of, hey, how are our owners adhering to standards or not, and how they can do better with that? Because we, from our study, we know consistency is important. Standards are still important in the industry. They're important to the guest. So there is a story I think to tell there around how brand teams can work with operators and owners on on that side of things. I, I think this is an important story to tell because I spent a lot of time around the lifestyle hospitality space, but that is not the entirety of the industry or the opportunity. Sure. Right. And and I think maybe a good segue into that would be talking about how you do the study. I do want to get into what you found, but just, you know, to, to this point of, you sure. know, it, does consistency not matter anymore? Talk to me a little bit about how you do the study, the, I guess the kind of core methodology. And then mm-hmm. you also mentioned some updates, but I, I guess that the core methodology, I think you referenced earlier, you're surveying guests. Is that right? That's right. So we are out there 24 seven, 365 collecting guest feedback. We launch our, our new year. It's an annual study, a 12 month study, and we launch it in June every year. And we operate it through the following May. So it's a 12 month period. We ask guests about hotel stays in the past 30 days. So this is a very recent hotel stay experience for them. We make sure that they've stayed in a branded hotel. We do not cover independence, but we do ask the guests, uh, did you stay in a hotel for the in the past 30 days? If they did, we, we ask them if it was a brand and which brand. And we actually asked them which property they stayed in. So we we know at the property level what hotel, what exact property they stayed in. Where do you get these people? Is it is it is it from like do you get the list from the brand? We do not. It, we do not. Okay. So we fund the study up front. We do not get a guest list from any of the companies. We work with consumer panel providers. So if you're familiar with survey panels that have been out there for, for decades. Consumers sign up to take surveys with these companies, and we have long-term partnerships with 
uh, these companies who have consumers that are willing to, to, to take surveys. So that's the basis for where we find the guests. But as I said, we are out there, you know, every day amongst our panel providers asking their members if they've stayed in a hotel recently. Um, so it's important to have that recency, right? Because if you're, you know, talking about your stay and you're rating the stay, you want, you know, that recency in your memory. And then we ask about everything from the, you know, guest room, uh, the hotel facility, food and beverage, staff service. We have uh, communication and connectivity, which includes Wi-Fi service in the hotel, and then value for money. So we do have that value for money perception that we collect, uh, which kind of gives us a lot of, you know, that in and of itself kind of gives us a lot of information about the stay itself. So we, we ask all of those areas and then we feed it into our index model. So if you see JD Power scores, it's an index score and we do calculate it on a 1000 point scale. And basically that translates into performance overall from the overall satisfaction standpoint. But then also we have, you know, satisfaction with the guest room, an index for food and beverage. We have an index score for uh, staff service, for example, right? And so those index scores are really the traditional way J.D. Power reports the results. I appreciate you going into the details of this. I spent most of my career actually in guest satisfaction measurement of online feedback, online reviews, social reviews, survey stuff like that. And I, I think both, in, in my view, are, are very, very important because, you know, what is public, everybody is seeing. But what I'm hearing from you is a sort of independence, a sort of kind of like unsolicited, here's what did you think about, you know, these brands, these properties. And so I imagine, you know, those listening need to be tracking it all. But am I thinking about this correctly, where you are augmenting kind of the view of guest satisfaction by a whole different methodology. That's right. Collecting this. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we, we are a third party. We are unbiased. And as I said, we fund the, the study up front, whether the, the companies subscribe to the study or not, we will conduct the study and we fund it ourselves. And that's how we can maintain our third party independence and JD Power is very committed to that just as a company overall. We conduct over 100 studies I think in a in a given year for many different industries. So there is a process right that we have to follow to kind of make sure that the hotel study is maintain maintaining JD Power standards and maintaining that JD Power third-party unbiased view. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you enjoying this conversation? If so, I invite you to text this episode to a friend or colleague as well. Not only will you let them know that you're thinking about them, but you'll help them as well. One more thing, I'm having a lot of fun right now sharing videos and photos from the stories on the show. So if you'd like to see those or watch along, open up Instagram and YouTube now and follow Hospitality Daily so we can stay in touch. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Good, awesome. And last kind of question on this would, would be just, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about the changes that you made. You, you talked about the traveler always evolving yes. um, and you did, you did a big refresh to yes. um, meet those, those new expectations or those new needs. What did that include? Yes. So uh, while we still, of course, ask about, you know, the table stakes, like the guest room and food and beverage uh, staff service, for example, 
we kind of looked at, you know, what was going on in the industry and we, we made, you know, we added some interesting questions around it in a couple of areas. One is the lobby and the common areas of the hotel. So with a lot of remote workers out there, either working from hotels or maybe traveling more than they normally would because, you know, they're now remote and, and they need to get out there and see their manager or their teams. We felt like there were, you know, there was sort of more interest in hotel lobbies. And, and of course, the industry was also looking at this saying, how can we make our lobby more attractive to remote workers? And how can we get people out of their guest rooms and down into the common spaces of the hotel? whether it's to work or socialize or whatever. So we uh, we added some questions around perceptions of the lobby. Is it warm and inviting? Is it modern? Is it unique? Uh, those kinds of things. So interestingly, actually, those came up as, you know, fairly impactful on the overall guest experience. We were surprised at that once we saw the results because we, you know, when we put the question in the survey, it was 12 months ago and we, we really didn't know sort of what, you know, what results we would see. So that's one example. As I mentioned, connectivity, we asked, you know, of course we asked Wi-Fi, uh, we asked about Wi-Fi in the past and we, you know, asked about, you know, USB ports in the guest room and, um, but we've added, you know, some questions more around usage of apps not only apps for booking, but really usage of the app during the stay and whether the app is being used to communicate with the staff or request, make a request or check in, check out, use, you know, use the app as your room key, right? Are they? I'm so curious because everybody's talking about this. Are, are people using this or what, what did you find? Yes, yes. You know, not all guests actually have the app, but that number, of course, is growing every year. And uh, we know hotels are also increasing the capabilities of apps. So, you know, maybe a few years ago, you really didn't have the capability to communicate with a staff member via via the app, but now you do, right? As a guest, you could maybe use the app to request housekeeping or make a request uh, for room service or, or whatever. So we wanted to make sure we were still kind of capturing that trend. It's still growing. Again, it's not 100%. But more and more guests, right, will have the app for the hotel at which they're staying. So, and then one last area that was brand new to the study, we asked about EV charging. So we know hotels are looking at putting in EV chargers. Not a lot of hotels do this right now or have done this. But we know, you know, owners and operators are thinking about sustainability and they're thinking about the environment and thinking about maybe the possibilities of EV charging actually attracting more guests to the property specifically because there is a charger there. So we're we're collecting that now, you know, we're asking the guests, do you, you know, did you use an EV charger at the hotel? Did you pay for it or was it free? Was it being offered for free? I know owners and operators are wondering like, hey, should we charge for this or how much should we charge? But this, of course, it's a small percentage right now. You know, not many consumers own EVs in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, it's set to grow, we know. Uh, so we wanted to start tracking this right now. 
and yeah, so those were interesting results as well. <laughs> that we Wait, what's interesting, and and I feel like you know, obviously, in a new area, you have to create that baseline, right? That you can then track year over year. But I guess, like, just on that point of of EV chargers, was there anything like? Did you get a sense of people being, you know, they'd be choosing a hotel because it had EV charging or anything like that? Yeah, we we ask, we do ask the question about why guests choose a particular property. Beyond location and price, you know, we know those are important. So we we asked the question, beyond location and price, why did you choose this hotel? Um, services and amenities do come up and EV charging would sort of be under that bucket. You know, many, many consumers are looking for a property specifically because it has a pool or a fitness center or, you know, EV charging, for example. You know, of course, many people choose because they belong to the loyalty program and they want to, you know, they want to stay in the program or they choose because they've stayed there before. Past experience is very important. It's one of the top reasons usually that guests will choose a specific property, especially when you are looking at more luxury hotels and upper upscale hotels where there are more resorts and you have more resorts that people go back to year after year. Which seems to underline the importance of the the, the guest experience, right? Because you have to, yes. if they don't have a good experience, they're not going to come back. But if they do, you have this opportunity to retain them. And, you know, a repeat customer is always the cheapest form of customer acquisition. Right. So um, exactly. that's, that's something to keep in mind. It's interesting, though, the loyalty program, because I think depending on whom I talk to, they're either like, this is a massive important driver of business, or they, they talk about loyalty in, in the typical traditional way being basically bribery, but it seems like it is still an important factor today. Yes. Just kind of, that's what the data is showing, right? It is, it is. And especially if you have status within the program, right? It's even more, you know, you, you tend to stay within the program even more uh, because you're perhaps an elite member. And, you know, of course we do have those types of guests in our study. Uh, we have, you know, usually I would say around, you know, 60 percent of the guests that we have in the study are loyalty program members. Many are not because they simply don't want to, you know, feel like they have to stay with the same brands year after year uh, or trip after trip, right? They do want, you know, perhaps more variety. Some are booking through OTAs. Maybe they don't feel the loyalty program is something for them and doesn't feel it gives good value. And they look to OTAs maybe for, for something else, right. For, you know, maybe they think they're getting a a better value there. Uh, So we do not, you know, we do not screen out those who book with OTAs because they're guests, they're in the, they're in the hotels day after day. So we want to, you know, we want to make sure we capture their feedback as well. Uh, but I will say, you know, it's about, you know, 50%, 60% that uh, have a membership in at least one program. We know guests, that, you know, could be members of many programs, but um, we do track that. That's great. One thing that stood out to me from the study was the role of the teams, the people in providing guest experience. I wonder if you could speak a little bit to what you discovered in this most recent study on that. Yeah. So while we made some changes, it's difficult for us to compare year after year, but we really see staff service as perhaps a little bit more important this year. Um, you know, the guest room, of course, is always table stakes and, you know, the scores um, when it comes to guest room are always very important to the brands. But 
uh, we did see staff service kind of become a little bit more uh, noticed by guests. I think it's because there are more uh, workers in hotels than there were last year uh, or even two years ago, right? Coming out of the pandemic, you know, hiring has been a challenge, but but every month when, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics comes out with hiring reports, leisure and hospitality is always in the positive. So adding jobs, you know, month after month after month. So I think that's now becoming apparent to the guests that perhaps they are getting better service during their stay. There are more staff working at the hotels. And so it's that's that's a definite positive. That's definitely where we wanted to see things go after you know, the, the really horrible years that we had um, during the pandemic. So th- that's, that's interesting because I, I was curious about, okay, if we went through the pandemic, whether guest expectations reset, but if I'm hearing you correctly, there was actually, as these hotel companies have been adding staff, you see a positive relationship there with guest satisfaction. So uh, we still need to be thinking about hiring. And obviously there's going to be a disparity between some companies, but the companies that are able to hire good people, you know, that provide great service, that's being reflected in their customer satisfaction. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about technology and, you know, you don't need to go to the front desk. You can check in on the app and you can skip the front desk and all of that. But what we find is even if you check in with the app, you're still going to the front desk at the hotel during your stay, maybe not to check in, but maybe for information or help or, you know, whatever, right? So the importance of technology can't be understated, but that in-person service, that's what hospitality is all about. Uh, and and that really kind of came out this year in our study, which again, we, we didn't expect, but it's good news that the consumer still values face-to-face service. And they know good service when they see it. And I think that's really uh, kind of one of um, the interesting results from from this year's uh, study. This might be a little bit hard to answer, but I guess reading between the the lines here, um, you hear a lot about a lot of talk about technology and hospitality. And I sometimes wonder if the hype cycle has, has kind of exceeded what consumers actually want. Uh, what guests want in our properties? It was was your sense that the people is playing a bigger factor than the technology? I think that's one of the lessons from this this year's results. You know, maybe it's a chicken and the egg thing. There there are more staff working, so guests are more aware of staff around the hotel. Um, they're you know able to contact someone perhaps easier. Maybe they're easier. It's easier to get a, a faster response to a question or any, you know, make a request and, and get that, you know, get that request serviced by the staff. So it could be that, but it just shows that it's still, you know, very important. But we also capture, you know, what guests, what are sort of those need to have amenities in the guest room, right? Smart TVs. We, we've been tracking TVs for a while, but uh, the past few years, smart TVs have really become the need to have amenity. Everyone wants to, you know, watch their streaming services while they're traveling. So uh, it's very important. It, it, you know, it's kind of risen in terms of, you know, guests hey, saying, hey, yeah, we need to have a smart TV. Uh, so we've been tracking that for a few years and we're still tracking that now. But that's one of the things that sort of popped up after the pandemic. I think, you know, things like uh, having a, a view or a balcony or, you know, 
ways for, I think, hotels can, that can maybe upsell. Uh, we, we provide a lot of that information. It's clear what guests want. And hey, if your property has uh, smart TVs or has, you know, uh, balconies or, or a view that you can offer guests, it really is a chance to, um, you know, use that for to, to make money, right? And to get revenue from the different services and offerings that, that you have. I don't know if your study is, is constructed this way, but do you have a sense of which elements of the guest experience have the biggest impact on overall satisfaction? Well, again, this year it's staff service. Uh, it, you know, but guest room, of course, is very important. You know, we do measure, you know, housekeeping, for example, and cleanliness. It's always important. It's a table stake that hasn't gone away. Uh, and we, you know, we of course provide uh, benchmarks there. But we've, you know, we also have benchmarks around the physical building and maintenance, right? And, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we know a lot of owners and operators maybe put off capital investments, they put off maintenance. And that, that those results kind of came through our study in 22 last year. Uh, that seems to have improved a little bit. We know hotels are now, you know, able to a hire, you know, hire the staff to, you know, do the day-to-day maintenance, but uh, the guests are noticing, you know, perhaps hotels are being renovated or, you know, guest room furnishings are being updated, um, bathroom uh, fixtures are being updated. So we, you know, I will say that's probably not 100% back after the pandemic, but we think, you know, now the industry uh, is making money again, and owners and operators can, you know, maybe invest in some of these things uh, going forward. That's great. You've spoken to, I think, a number of areas where hospitality providers can focus based on on the research, based on what consumers are looking for. I guess, you know, before we go, is there anything else that we haven't talked about in terms of actions you recommend our listeners take based on what you found in this research? You know, definitely the table stakes. It sometimes with technology and and the shiny new thing that's out there. You know, sometimes we might be getting away from right what the table stakes are for guests. Guest rooms are still extremely important, especially when you're talking about you know uh, mid scale hotels or maybe upper mid scale or even economy hotels where really. It, you know, the property doesn't have a lot of amenities. It doesn't really have a lot of staff. So the guest room is very, very important there. And that's what guests are looking for. And perhaps, you know, food and beverage. We haven't talked a lot about that uh, yet, but we are still capturing things like quality of the food and variety of food and variety of the menu items and sort of what, you know, what they're offering. And I think coming out of the pandemic, when there was a complete lack of food and beverage in hotels. And now, you know, coming back, there are higher expectations there of what what guests are looking for. I think some of the challenges around supply chain issues and, you know, I hopefully, I think those are past us now and guests can, or I'm sorry, hotel operators can get the food items that guests want. Um, but it's important, I think, you know, definitely important for operators to keep listening to your guests. If anything, we know that at JD Power, but we know the 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 large hotel companies and small companies do their own guest surveys. We don't mean to replace that because we know companies need to be out there every day capturing feedback 
And to keep doing that, that's very important. And that's really where the actual properties can get real-time feedback and, and actually make, make change, act on that feedback to improve the guest experience. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. Dot com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 